0: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 102, and it is a selection of some of wrestling's most romantic theme songs. And today I am joined by a newcomer here on the show... She is a journalist and interviewer for DigitalSpy.com, as well as a contributor for Russell Talk TV. She also has her own YouTube channel and is an occasional host on the Grapple Spotlight podcast. It's Stephanie Chase. Hello, Stephanie.
1: Hey, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Definitely. Um, you know, a few months ago when I had Benno on the show, he told me afterwards, you got to get Stephanie on. She's a big fan of the show. And, and lo and behold, a few months later, here you are. And, and I appreciate you being here too, because you know, between your own stuff and digital spy and, and Russell talk and whatever, you're a busy person. So I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Oh, I didn't realize that Benno was like my fairy godmother for getting me on, so I'll have to give, <laughs> give Benno a big thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so since it's your first time on the show here, I'll ask you this, Stephanie. How did you become a wrestling fan?
1: Um, I discovered wrestling pretty much by accident, so I'm from the UK and I discovered it because uh, WCW Nitro used to air on a channel called TNT, which came on television after Cartoon Network went dark for the night and yeah, my my brother was obsessed with Cartoon Network, that was all he'd watch and one day he just left the TV on and there came Nitro and that was me hooked (laughs) from there.
0: And does music play a big part in your fandom at all?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I love wrestling themes. I have wrestling theme playlists on my phone. And yeah, it was kind of due to wrestling that my music tastes uh, changed as a teenager. Uh, quite st- strange story, but I was a huge fan of The Undertaker uh, when I was... um growing up. And that led me to thinking, what kind of music would The Undertaker like, which led me to music that The Undertaker probably doesn't like, but what I thought he would like when I was um young, <laughs> which is a, a lot of 80s goth bands, um, <laughs> like Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, Sisters of Mercy. And yeah, I was a, a teenage goth who was inspired by The Undertaker. So I took the American badass shift in his character harder than anyone else that that affected <laughs> me negatively the most finding out what that man was actually into just broke my heart
0: how dare he betray Robert Smith and Susie Sue how, how dare he <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know so he, he went with like the when I was when I was young and it very much in the in the goth scene um the kind of modern bands that us, us goths liked for more sensitive bands like placebo and to find out that that the undertaker liked kid rock and limp biscuit judging by his latter entrance musics it was, it was the ultimate betrayal ultimate betrayal i had to cancel the goth wedding i had planned between the
0: two <laughs> of us well i know that for the video package for uh, undertaker versus Shawn michaels at Mini 26, they did use a placebo song, mm-hmm. their cover of Running Up That Hill. So there was some crossover there, Stephanie. You, you did get that, at least.
1: Yeah, that was very strange for me when that happened, actually, because uh, my whole time, you know, I was a huge placebo fan, like fan club member style fan, scrapbook making style fan. And then when they used that song, it was a weird, like worlds collide universe moment where I just thought, oh, this is The Undertaker reaching out to me to make amends um, for the whole Kid Rock Limp Bizkit fiasco, really.
0: (laughs) Well, Stephanie, uh, as we all know, uh, Valentine's Day, right around the corner here. And uh, I figured it's the perfect time to talk about some romantic, or in some cases, sexy wrestling (laughs) themes, which, you know, we've covered here and there in various episodes, but we never talked about them for their own episode. And when I was preparing for this episode and looking back, I realized there are quite a few of them, actually. You know, I picked five to talk about for today, but there are a ton of wrestling themes throughout history that are romantic or sexy in nature. And that's because there have been just a ton of, you know, romantic or sexy gimmicks in wrestling throughout history. Um, Everyone from Rick Rude to Shawn Michaels to Val Venus, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, Mandy Rose, uh, the world's largest love machine, Viscera. You know, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Or as well, wrestling couples, Uh, you know, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth or Edge and Lita or Cody and Brandy or what have you. So I think that really speaks to just how ingrained romance and love and sex and sex appeal is in pro wrestling there, Stephanie, especially American wrestling.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first things that hooked me onto wrestling was actually Randy and Elizabeth. And I didn't even watch their good period. I watched their WCW period when they were already divorced and she was, you know, fooling around with Ric Flair, but I, I was drawn into that storyline. So yeah, romance and wrestling uh, has always, <laughs> has always got me.
0: Yeah. I mean, the old adage is that pro wrestling is the male soap opera. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, then there's bound to be romance in some way, right? I mean, <laughs> and as you've seen throughout the years in wrestling, there's been quite a bit of romance, whether you know, good or bad, tasteful or cringy. Um, You know, romance, love, sex, it's part of wrestling. Um, I mean, we just had on Dynamite last week a wedding between Kip and Penelope. Um, It went astray, as all wrestling weddings seem to do. (laughs) But uh, that's just one example of what we're talking about there, Stephanie.
1: It's amazing that weddings and wrestling are are still a draw. And that one wasn't the most, maybe memorable wedding, but (laughs) yeah, weddings and wrestling just somehow go together.
0: Yeah, I remember in my early years of being a fan, Uh, The first wrestling wedding I ever saw was the one between Kane and Lita, which to an 11-year-old was pretty crazy because uh, Kane was marrying Lita because she was pregnant with his demon baby, and then Kane chokeslammed Matt Hardy off the stage, and he forcefully married Lita. So it was pretty wild for a young kid to see, and maybe skewed my relationship towards weddings a little bit there, but (laughs) yeah, there's just been so much craziness over the years, in regards to wrestling weddings and romantic storylines. A lot of them pretty messed up. Um, But that's the wacky world of wrestling there, Stephanie, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the first wrestling wedding I remember was when The Undertaker tried to make Stephanie marry him in a black wedding. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that was very strange for me because that was very much the height of me being in love with The Undertaker. So him kidnapping a girl called Stephanie and making her marry him. I was just sitting watching going... Why is she annoyed though? You know what's her problem? This is <laughs> this is a dream come true? Um, and then the older I got, like the most, the more I realized how long that was. It kind of reminds me of before the Undertaker. I was uh, very into. Alan Rickman for his portrayal of the Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood. And that was another instance where I, I couldn't get why the forced wedding was a problem. And now as a grown adult, I realize that forced weddings are not <laughs> something that should be happening <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> Let's get to these themes here. Uh, like I said, we have five to talk about today and I deliberately chose songs that did not all sound the same because I could have picked, you know, five saxophone songs easily. But I wanted to get some variety in here with the type of romantic themes. Um, Unfortunately, Stephanie, I'm sorry to say this, but Jay White's theme not on the list today. Uh, I know you're a big fan of the guy, I know that, but he doesn't have the most romantic song in the world there, so.
1: Yeah, it's not very romantic. I don't think it's very uh, good either. It's not (laughs) much of a standout theme. I must admit, Jay White's theme is not not the best.
0: Yeah, sorry, Jay, if you're listening. We'll start off here in the Attitude Era of WWF with Sexual Chocolate, Mark Henry, who wasn't just a ladies' man, but actually a sex addict. So, yeah, classy right off the bat here. (laughs) Uh, Mark Henry as Sexual Chocolate just found himself enamored with many different women, uh, including, of course, Mae Young. His theme as Sexual Chocolate can be found on WWF The Music Volume 4. It's by Jim Johnston featuring Stephen Swan. And it's just called Sexual Chocolate. It's sexual, baby.
1: Right. And I want to give it all to you. Yeah, right on. I'm right here for you. I know it's going to be good to you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, baby. Maybe it's time that you know, my love is growing. Just can't I pretend anymore. Any Cause my love is showing. Cause my love is showing. Oh, and I know when it's just you and I. I'll show you in new world and I. It's, it's sexual, sexual. It's sexual, babe. Sexual, babe.
0: Yeah. It's sexual, babe. Oh. I want to give it all to you. So the first song out of the gate, and we are right in the thick of it here with this one. Uh, This is R&B, slow jam goodness. Got the funky guitar, the piano going, the deep soulful vocals that are just dripping with passion. Of course, evoking the stylings of Barry White, who is one of the all time great romantic soul singers. So a perfect choice there. And you know, looking at the era here, This is really one of the more standout themes of its day, where so much of it is just, you know, rock guitars and hip hop and aggression and all that stuff, but this doesn't have any of that, so it's quite unique there, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, it's very unique, very memorable. I remember the whole sexual chocolate era of Mark Henry (laughs) uh, very, very well, even... Just before he was sexual chocolate, when he first, you know, tried tried to, to get with China, um, I remember that. And this theme is kind of burned in my brain. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, Barry White is definitely like a huge influence in this. Um, I wrote that it reminded me of Barry White's "Can't Get Enough of Your Love," but it kind of doesn't kick in with the fun as much after the talking. It's kind of all more, um, you know, not as. Not as upbeat at all as that theme, or that song, sorry.
0: Yeah, it definitely falls in line with that song or other R&B love songs where it's, it's blunt, but it's not explicit. Like the song is straight up saying, listen, baby, it's sexual. I'm here for you. It's going to feel so good. I'm down on my knees. It's sexual. It's sexual. It's sexual. Like, it's so obvious what the deal is here, but It never goes over the line into graphic territory. It keeps it classy, uh, which again, given its 99-2000 Attitude Era, not the classiest time period. So it's a breath of fresh air, I think, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, I, I asked myself, would I be in the mood here if a man played this to me perhaps on Valentine's Day or even sang it to me? Um, and my answer was absolutely not. Like, I would <laughs> run a mile. Uh, it, The way it just goes on and on and is so, the way his voice is, it just gave me an impression of really boring, trying to be hard romantic sex that might be coming from sexual chocolate Mark Henry. <laughs> I doubt that's what he was going for though. <laughs> but yeah, it's very sexual and they say it, over and over and over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well, that was the gimmick. I mean, you know, Mark Henry, the sex addict, that was the gimmick. So they're going to hammer it home quite a bit there. And um, unfortunately, that meant, you know, with Mark Henry, he had some less than classy moments himself uh, that played out with, you know, China and the transvestite or claiming he slept with, you know, his own sister at one point. Yep. Uh, he did say that. Um, or uh, most famously... Uh, May Young giving birth to a hand. Uh, so the actual storylines were rather uncouth, shall we say? But uh, at least with this theme song, it did stay true to its genre and kept it a little bit, you know, a little bit nicer, a little, a little bit more tame. There, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I did have a read over um, some of the lyrics, and my favorite was "Stop all these games we play," which I thought was a direct, directly aimed at China, who was previously. Dating the game, Triple H.
0: (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps. Who knows? Who knows? Um, So we'll take a a hard left turn here, away from Attitude Era WWF, to 2010's New Japan Pro Wrestling, and look at the theme of Yujiro Takahashi. Not the one he has right now, Harlem Knights, The one he had before then, when he was Mr. Rated R. He had this from 2013 to 2016, Uh, This is by Inosuke Kitamura off of NJPW Greatest Music 2. It's called All Night Long. Come on! So as someone who is just so used to the current Eugeiro theme, Harlem Nights, this put a giant smile on my face because I love this song so much. I get why they changed it, but to me this song just rules. And it's all about those two big elements. You've got the sultry female vocal sample, come on, oh, body, that is just so titillating. And you've got the sexy saxophone in there, too, just blowing up a storm. It's not what I'd call romantic, per se, uh, but it's just its so naughty and sexual and fun, and I'm just sad he no longer has it, Stephanie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, there's a lot going on in this song. Like, a lot, like many different... <laughs> Genres. It's like Yujiro is trying every genre he can to impress this lady. And it is clearly working because we get some massive uh, moans throughout, but especially at the end.
0: Yeah, there's that that breakdown section halfway through where everything just drops out. And there's the lone saxophone and the female vocals. Ah, body, body. It's proper sexy good time music, uh, especially with that combination. Because there are, you know, those type of vocals in Yujiro's current theme, too. You make me feel so good. That was amazing. But they're surrounded by those dingy guitar riffs. And it's all icky and gross. This is much more upbeat and colorful and playful
1: yeah definitely i did have a wonder about this woman moaning noise whether it was a guns N' roses rocket queen style situation ah, or yes. something might have been absolutely ha- <laughs> may have been really happening there with <laughs> utero but <laughs> if so though like she's pretty enthusiastic but not as enthusiastic as uh, axel rose's girl <laughs> but i i could imagine this having a really good music video and I'd like it to be a song with, with lyrics. Actually I, I kind of want more from it. I want like to see what the actual lyrics could be written to this.
0: Yeah, it's very provocative, that's for sure. That that's the right word I think. Um I just wish, you know, they didn't change it. Um but like I said earlier, I get why they did because, you know, originally Yujiro, from twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen or whatever, he was Mr Rated R all night long. He had the, the short blonde hair, the towel, um, the pink tights pre-bullet club, and then the women of course too. He was still like a ladies man, but not an actual pimp yet. So this you know fun, sensual song worked for that character, but later on when he became a pimp and he had the cane and grew his hair out and so forth, that's when his character became darker and seedier and, and slimier, and his current theme song works a lot better for this iteration of Yujiro, but side-by-side, side, if I had to choose, it's no contest. I'm picking this song every time.
1: Yeah, I I prefer this song as well. There was just, um, there's so many bits in it that just surprised me, like the the saxophone bit, the kind of porno soundtrack, and then just a, a weird bit that sounded like We Will Lock You in there as well.
0: Yeah, it's not just the saxophone. Uh, there's also that rock section at the beginning with the fast-paced guitars. It's not like Val Venis theme, where it's all saxophone. Um, here's something else about this song that I just uh, discovered recently. Uh, there's a band called Brockhampton that's like an alt-hip-hop band, and they have a song called Boogie. And apparently, they sampled part of the saxophone in this song for theirs. I'll play a little bit of it here. so that's another mark in the wind column for this theme i guess you know it's not just a great theme but it broke through to pop culture there stephanie
1: yeah that was very interesting when i learned about that sample and i like, tried to spend some time researching it. If- they were actually New Japan fans and what was going on, but I couldn't find any definitive proof. Just a lot of people with the same question as me, but yeah, that's pretty cool. But New Japan themes to me are so, so good musically. It doesn't surprise me that they would be sampled by an actual artist.
0: Yeah, if you look at the YouTube comments for this theme, it's just Brockhampton references one after another, (laughs) uh, which is fun to see. Um, Weird though that it's Yujiro of all people who has the song Breakthrough and not like Okada or Tanahashi. Um, But good for you, Jiro, I guess. (laughs) He gets a win, finally, so, you know, good for him. So we've played a few singles themes so far. Let's play a theme for an actual couple, Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis, who are known as Mike and Maria Kanellis in WWE. Their theme song is by CFOs featuring Kit. It's called True Love. (laughs) Bad Boy has his soft side, Monster Ballads, a 2 CD set available for just (laughs) $19.99. So this is the power ballad for the power couple. Plenty of big emotional guitar licks and powerful rock vocals, the cloying lyrics, keep me warm like a roaring fire, touch the flame just to know what it feels like, cause when they ask me if the fire is gonna eat us alive, I tell them I think we'll be just fine. Here's to the greatest, greatest love I've ever known. I'm burning up in your love. And that's it. Those are all the lyrics. So, not quite the creative dynamo, uh, but does it fit the characters of Mike and Maria, this couple who are madly in love? Yes, it does. Is it annoyingly catchy? Yes, it is. So, I don't mind this one all that much there, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, I really liked this song, except for the fact that it does suffer from the problem that every CFO song suffers from, where it's just on a loop. It's like the first minute or so, just on a loop. Um, I really felt like, given the the opening, that it reminded me a lot of White Snake, Still of the Night, but just like a part of a White Snake song, because. Um, if you think of that song or it's some White Snake song, it sometimes they sound like three songs in one or something with everything that's going on? And this was just the usual CFOs where it sounds like a bit of a song that's just been been isolated. So I feel like you know whoever this is meant to be, whether it's meant to be Mike singing to Maria or Maria singing to Mike, they they don't maybe have the same passion that David Coverdale has, but it's still there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just picture this song in like a montage where a couple are doing a couple things. Walking on the beach, holding hands, having a picnic, slow dancing. That's the visual I get with this song. Um, so it's definitely not like a sexy song, a la Sexual Chocolate or All Night Long. It leans more into the romance, the lovey-dovey stuff. But, like with those two songs, it does its job well. It evokes what it's meant to evoke. The problem though, I agree with you, is that Like with other CFO themes, there should be a second verse here to add a little bit more variety and spice to it, and not just be the same verse, chorus, verse, chorus, over and over and over again. But, you know, it is what it is, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, I've always thought what's weird about CFOs is, you know, they go to the trouble of using them, these music producers, and instead of Jim Johnson, and they bring in these singers, but then they don't make as complete songs as Jim Johnson did, so... I'm kind of just like why? Why are you? Why are you using them if not to make, you know, complete songs that you could try and actually sell as proper songs? Because every single CFO song is the same. That you just, it's just stops. It just stops and starts repeating again, and it's it's very annoying. Like they're they're very good, but it's very annoying.
0: Well, they're not around anymore, so you don't have to worry about them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I do want to give a shout out to Kit. Uh, not the car from Knight Rider. Uh, <laughs> Kit Williams is the singer here. Uh, he's on a bunch of CFO themes of uh, varying styles uh, Solomon Crow, Rich Swan, The Revival, The B Team, Social Outcasts, Mauro Rinaldo, Hype Bros. Um of course all those themes are gone now, but he did have a nice little resume of themes in WWE there for a little bit. And he's a pretty good singer too. You know, his vocals on this song are right on point there, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, he definitely is a very good singer. I when I was listening to this today, there were there were when he got to the the, the greatest love bit, that was you know when you're singing um along out loud and then something like a note that you realize you can't hit without shouting and waking up the whole building happens. So you just have to mouth it and go into lip syncing. That's what happened to me when I tried to sing along to this song today.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that That's me in the car. Uh, even though I'm alone, I realize, Oh, I can't hit that note a little too high for me there. So I have to lip sync it. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, looking back, this song might be the only good thing about Mike and Maria's run in WWE. Because, you know, between Mike going into rehab and Maria getting pregnant and the cuck angle and pretty much doing nothing of note, all things considered, and then getting released back in April, it really wasn't the top run by any stretch.
1: No, they had such an unfortunate time because they both really made a name for themselves. You know, Maria, someone we, we all remember from before, and then she ended up in Ring of Honor, Mike and Mike going to, even going to New Japan. And they they did have this great gimmick together that WWE just seemed to it's just one of those things where then WWE takes someone that's made a name for themselves somewhere else signs them with a good gimmick and then completely misunderstands and massacres like the whole gimmick and what made them good in the first place so yeah totally unfortunate run for Mike and Maria
0: Mm. but you know Mike's back in ROH now with Matt Taven and Seems to be a lot happier. So, you know, good for him and Maria for landing on their feet.
1: Yeah, good for him. And Maria seems great. She looked great at the, at Talking Shopping recently as well, despite just having another baby. So they they both seem to be probably happier outside of WWE.
0: Well, uh, let's wind the clocks back again and head on down to WCW. One of their mainstays in the mid-car division there in the mid-to-late 90s was the young German sensation Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright, who not only loved to wrestle, but he loved to dance as well. Uh, So much so, he would get a tag team with Disco Inferno called the Dancing Fools, later on known as the Boogie Knights. Now, this song was not Alex Wright's theme, but it was a special song made just for him, That can be found on the album WCW Christmas Brawl. It's by Jimmy Hart, J.J. McGuire, and R. Yankee, featuring Alex Wright. It's called Heartbeat Away. Alex Wright's theme in WCW, his actual theme, was a song called Warped Mind, and that was of the techno variety. This one going for a similar vibe, that that 90s Eurodance style, which, given that Alex Wright is a German fellow who likes to dance, makes a ton of sense there, I think. Uh, I'm just enraptured by the song. It's so 90s. You got the Eurodance, you got the female vocalist in the chorus, he's just a heartbeat beat away. He's just a hard beat away, which I love. And you've got Alex Wright rapping, which is fun. Um, Even the beginning with the Alex, Alex stuff makes me smile, Stephanie. It's a pure delight.
1: Yeah, this song was a delight. I'd never heard this before. And I was, I've run through many different emotions listening to it. All all good. There's some confusion in there as well. It's another song where there's a lot going on and a lot to kind of get your head around. At the beginning it took me quite a while to realise that she was saying Alex, Alex, Alex which <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought she was saying but the beginning of it reminded me of um, a great 80s track Two of Hearts by Stacey Q the, the beginning where she says I, 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 I need you like that's what the beginning of this made me think of um, but then we went straight into some Talk, rapping, German-accented vocals. Oh, oh but... don't get
0: me wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. This is not, like, top-shelf rap here at all, or even medium-shelf. This is, <laughs> like you said, you know, talk-rapping, because, look, God bless Alex Wright. He is not a hip-hop groove master by any stretch. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of endearing, because the whole song just feels so innocent and wholesome in a way. Like, it's not a dark... ...sensual, turn out the lights kind of song, it's not even as passionate as true love is, it's just so light in comparison, and that's evident with the lyrics too, which are about this girl getting out of a bad relationship, and getting back on her feet, and back into a life of love, with the help of Alex Wright. Wipe those tears up off your face. Just like that, he can be replaced. You're tired of hearing all those lies. Silly excuses and alibis. He tried to put you on the shelf, but you can carry on yourself. You don't need a helping hand to find yourself a real man. Put yourself together, girl. It's time to step out in the world. I'll help you get on your feet, and I will ensure you feel the heat. Listen to the music play. Together, we can find our way. Come with me and take my hand. Forever, I'm your loving man. So there is that, that romance and that heat and loving stuff in there for sure, but it's just as sweet and motivational and uplifting as it is romantic, Stephanie.
1: Yeah I find the lyrics kind of confusing because I was wondering you know the woman that's singing there too and saying that Alex Wright is just a heartbeat away I, I had many questions over who who is she who is this woman that is advocating um that Alex Wright is the man for the woman he's singing about you know I wondered if she was uh like a a best friend or a sister or an ex-girlfriend that just you know thinks he's a really great guy but wasn't one for her but yeah i'd never thought about alex Wright potentially being you know my hero or, or something that could really change my life and take me away and but now after listening to these lyrics i'm just like yeah alex Wright seems like a great guy
0: yeah i mean he just comes across so well for sure um Strange, though, how he never used it as an actual theme. It was only on the album. Because you would think like it would be a no-brainer to make this song and have him come out to it for his entrance and, and dance to it. But I guess they never did. So a real missed opportunity there, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, I think so. This would have been a really great theme. Like I remember watching Alex Wright on Nitro. He's one of the people from that era that if you watched him, you'll never forget Alex Wright. And I can imagine if they brought this song... In they could have just had a great like gimmick for him as this amazing um, German heartthrob. I think I can imagine like you know girls in the crowd just like holding their heart and looking at Alex Wright while this plays.
0: Yeah, yeah, would have been perfect for sure. Um, this album, uh, Christmas Brawl, is also a bit strange because it has a bunch of theme songs from the era: uh, DDP, American Males, Conan, Nasty Boys. Public Enemy, um, but it was only available in Germany on the Christmas Brawl tour or with the German WCW fan club, um, which explains why they put Alex Wright on the cover, I guess. (laughs) Um, But that was the only way you could get it, um, until internet sharing and whatnot. Uh, And WWE did put out a bunch of these songs on their own compilation album eventually a few years ago, but this is one of the few albums that WCW ever put out. And it was only in Germany, so it's quite the rarity there, Stephanie.
1: <laughs> that's amazing that they thought so highly of Alex Wright, that for a German tour, they made a whole album to sell to their German fans. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So the last theme of the episode here it will take us back to WWE. 2002 WWE, to be exact. And it's another couple's theme, Billy and Chuck. Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo were part of a tag team together, along with their personal stylist, Rico, and Billy and Chuck were set up to be gay lovers. That was the story, uh, to the point where they decided to get married on TV. Of course, it turns out they weren't actually gay. The whole thing was just a publicity stunt, and the whole thing ended with the priest pulling off a latex mask, revealing himself to be Eric Bischoff, and then three-minute warning came and attacked Billy and Chuck, which... Did not please the glad organization one bit. Uh, but regardless, Billy and Chuck's theme is by Jim Johnston, featuring Michael Fredo, off of WWE Anthology. This is You Look So Good To Me. You, you look so good to me. months ago, I did an episode about WWE Uncaged 14, and one of the songs on that album that I featured is the Rico and Charlie Haas version of the song with the wild guitar solos. And I said back then that I love this song in all forms. And I stand by that, because this song is just plain awesome. I will always go to bat for this song. I love the vocal harmonies. I love the mix between the rock guitars and the synths. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where. I love rock. I love metal. I love intense wrestling themes, but goddamn it, I love a good catchy pop song too. And this is a pretty damn catchy pop song, Stephanie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you know you first said to me romantic themes, the first one I thought of was Billy and Chuck. You look so good to me. <laughs> um, it's you know quite like the sexual chocolate theme. It's one of those themes that you'll never forget once you you hear it. It's it's cheesy but it's it's really good and you know you can't hear it without thinking about the whole billy and chuck storyline and their characters um but yeah it's a great theme Whoever's singing it there it's sung so earnestly that i believe that there are real feelings involved here
0: yeah you're right it just goes full bore with the love and emotion it's it's so tangible And that's part of what makes it interesting, I think, because Billy and Chuck, known for being the the gay tag team, this song, the way it sounds, the way it's sung, yeah, not your typical manly man, masculine, aggressive sounding song. So, to 2002 ears, and with wrestling being as stereotypical as it is, uh, if you give it to a gay tag team, sure, it won't sound out of place. But, if you listen closely, you can hear him say girl a bunch of times in the song. You make me want to hold you. You make me lose control, girl. At the beginning, he says, Here we go, girl. You're my baby. So there's a bit of a contradiction there between Billy and Chuck, the gay tag team with Rico, and their theme song, which is showing love and affection towards a girl. It's kind of strange, Stephanie. Stephanie.
1: Yeah, that actually th- threw me, it took me to like properly listen intensely on headphones to hear the girl in it. And I had to stop and think, are they saying girl? But yeah, I guess it's kind of, that's kind of the beginning of Billy and, and Chuck before they could maybe, um, you know, properly admit their feelings for each other. Or I think it was Chuck that first admitted his feelings for Billy, maybe. But, yeah, it did the girl thing did throw me, but, you know, that's, that's pop music. got to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's pop, pop music has been a very heteronormative for a long, a long time. Those barriers need to be broken, and it wasn't about to be done by Billy and Chuck's <laughs> theme.
0: I guess not, no. Um, well, later on, actually, when Rico became a solo act on Raw with Miss Jackie, he used a new version of this theme called The Runway, and that one took out all the lyrics except for, Oh baby, you look so good to me. And you know, given that Rico was also meant to be gay, that's a good change. The song makes a lot more sense now. But then, when they did the whole Santina Morella gimmick, they went back to the original version of the song with all the lyrics and references to girls. So, there's a kind of a weird journey with this one where some guys use the full version, some guys don't, but... It's never been used in a scenario where, say, I don't know, a heterosexual wrestler has like a lover boy or a heartthrob gimmick, Stephanie.
1: I'm sure glad we're thrilled when they removed the the girl reference. I'm sure that made up for everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, The guy singing this, Michael Fredo, I don't think that's a name most people would know. I looked him up. He's a former teen pop singer, the nephew of Tommy Hilfiger, He toured with Britney Spears on the Baby One More Time tour. And one of his songs went to number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100. And uh, nowadays he does stuff for like movies, TV commercials. But to me, this song is the clear high point of his career, Stephanie. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I looked him up too. And I, I saw that he was the nephew of Tommy Hilfiger. And then when I read his biography, it was like, you know, he toured with Britney Spears on a tour sponsored by tommy jeans he sang a song for tommy uh fragrance ad campaign so he's definitely had some assistance in his music <laughs> career i don't know if any if there's a relationship between tommy hilfiger and wwe or perhaps the billy and chuck theme was the one career high point that he truly earned by himself <laughs> <laughs> uh but i would like to say if uh there is a great cover of this by Cesaro that you can find by Googling Cesaro singing you look so good to me he, he does a great <laughs> version <laughs> I'll look
0: it up after this definitely you look so good to me <laughs>
1: okay keep it going girl you're my baby oh yeah keep it going I cannot turn my eyes away <laughs> I hang on every word you say. Yes. You make me want to hold to you. You make me wait. Lose control. You make my heart and soul complete. Yes. Oh baby, you. Wait, I missed that cue. You're great. Good to be. <laughs> You <laughs> look so good, good to be. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Yes. hell yeah! Yes. very oh, nice, very nice. very nice, very nice. Yeah, give it up, right it from up to the me.
0: top of the Swiss Alps. It's all right, oh, you had to. turned into, into the winner this week. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. that was awesome. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. This was just a ton of fun. A very different episode, I think, uh, given all the the nice, lovely feelings floating around as opposed to just rage and kick ass. But still, this was so much fun and you were great. So thank you.
1: Thanks so much, Andrew. I, I had a great time. It was um, great going back to some of those themes that I have really deep memories of especially mark henry and billy and chuck <laughs> uh
0: any plugs you want to give go right ahead
1: um yeah you can follow me on twitter at stephanie M Chies, and my youtube channel is stephanie Chase wrestling i do a live show about aw every friday um evening so if you want to come check that out and talk about aw which is what I enjoy doing the most that's great <laughs> uh, but yeah and all my work you can find on my twitter i link to everything
0: okay and music of the mat is of course part of the voices of wrestling podcast network you can find all the great podcasts on there at voices follow the show on twitter at music of the mat follow me on twitter at andrew t rich if you want to discuss this episode or other topics you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do just that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Met. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Stephanie, thank you again, and I'll see you around.
1: Thanks, Andrew.
0: All right, for Stephanie Chase, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.
1: There's a reason for the sunshine